the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, a new live local show on K-Praise designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. And hey, 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 how you doing? Kaz here with two hours worth of amazing broadcasting. And you know uh, when you listen to the show, oftentimes we have a theme that uh, uh, comes through for the entire two-hour blocks. And that is to be so on this two-hour period as well. Our theme is going to be authors and writers. And if you are among those, you're going to be getting some insights from some of the uh, authors that we're going to be bringing on. And one of the purposes behind Come Together San Diego is to help you identify what your calling is and to get into it. And if God has been stirring you to write and it doesn't make any difference whether it's a a book or a, a movie or a kid's book or a play or any number of different things, hear God's voice and obey because we're in a time frame now where his will needs to be chronicled for a thirsty, hungry, starving world before I introduce my first guest, I want to give you a scripture to set things up, and then I will bring on Terry Harris. You will love him. You will love his book. But I'm going to take you to the book of John, the Gospel of John, the very last uh, verse in the the scripture talks about you know all the works that Jesus has done, and if it were possible that if everybody wrote a book <laughs> about the things that Jesus has done, the the world couldn't contain the content of the books. And that's a remarkable statement, but my author friends are taking that scripture to task and, <laughs> and writing, writing, writing. And my friend, I think that's what God wants you to do, too. If you're called to write in any way, shape, or form, get to it. <clears throat> and allow God to help you not only with the writing, but uh, discover, you know, there's self-publishing and there's other publishing entities out there, too. So just just be obedient. And it could be just a, a small audience of your immediate friends uh, or just you rereading it. Who knows? Or at least journal. So that's what we're going to talk about today. You're going to love it. First hour, I want to introduce you to Terry Harris. He is a newfound friend. He's the director of long-form programming at Salem Media Group. That is the entity for whom I broadcast. And uh, Terry is also an author, and he is working on his book entitled Cynthia's Dance. Terry, how you doing? Kaz, I'm doing great. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, kind words and very inspiring. Man, if I'm listening and I haven't written anything or if I'm thinking about writing i'm gonna i'm gonna like take note of what you're saying there <laughs> the scripture talks about having the pen of the ready writer and i think there are a lot of people terry that have have you know, the nuance of an idea and god has breathed on it and god's saying okay 
I don't want to breathe on you for nothing. I want you to be inspired. And so I think one of the things that we're going to do is you tell about your book, which is remarkable, is I want you to be a voice of inspiration for our listeners as well. Is that fair, Terry Harris? It's fair. And you know what? It just it kind of gives me the chills because God does work that way. Exactly. You've written a book and and um, you've got a radio show and you're being obedient (laughs) and you're on. Hey, you're streaming around the world and, and you're streaming on the app and and you're on, you know, covering all of San Diego and and. And that's exactly what God wants us to do, is be obedient with those, those seeds that's of right. ideas that he gives us. Yes, yes, and, yes. And uh, that's, that's, that's where Cynthia's dance comes in, for sure. Yeah, talking about seeds of ideas, God planted one in your heart and in your mind, and uh, it resonates with me when you told me about, and I re- read excerpts from Cynthia's dance, it... Uh, stirred my heart because the topic is near near and dear to me. If you, my listening friend, have or know of people who have babies in heaven, I know it can be an austere and even uh, difficult to consider sometimes, but the truth of the matter is those babies are not lost and gone. They're <laughs> alive and well. Oh, yeah. And so what God wants to do is he wants to give us hope even in the midst of what may be or have been uh, contrary circumstances. So, Terry, I know this was on your heart, and God stirred you and said, start writing. So why don't you, <laughs> why don't you give us kind of an overview of uh, the vision that God gave you? And my listening friend, I want you to pay close attention because God may be speaking to your ears or to your heart in the same way. Uh, Terry Harris and your book, Cynthia's Dance, you have the floor. Uh, and that's not even a dance joke either. I love to dance. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, amazing because if if you're a writer, you don't have to. In other words, you don't have to be a full time author. You know, with fifteen great uh, New York Times bestseller hits to be an author. You don't have to be that way. In fact, God's got all kinds of writers and authors sprinkled throughout the entire globe who are in his family. And the seed of thought, uh, inspiration for Cynthia's Dance, was actually given to me back about 35 years ago, 36 years ago. But it didn't come full fruition until after we'd been married, had two beautiful children, and we felt impressed to have a third. Hmm. And that we're talking about 2007 now. And so we go to have a third, and a few weeks into it, several weeks into it, uh, my wife uh, spots uh, bleeding in a stool, and our hearts quicken. We my. go to the hospital and doctor's office, and we find out we had what you call a blighted ovum. Mm. And uh, it was uh, swept quickly into the gates of glory and removed from our lives. We didn't really know how to respond because it happened so quickly yes. and we had just barely found out that we were pregnant My. and we had not had problems getting pregnant before so we kind of took that one under our chin and just prayed about it and felt impressed to um go forward and so 2008 we said okay let's try again and we conceived and we had a, a we conceived a second child and we actually got to the point where it was a baby boy. Mm. And after that, we were celebrating. We named him baby Joey. You know, he's going to be Joseph William. And about nine, ten weeks into it, um, baby Joey was swept away. Oh, my. And he was a, this was the hard one for my wife, Laura. He, he was a normal chromosome baby. 
He wasn't a blighted ovum. He was a normal chromosome baby, which spiked fear in my wife's soul because she suddenly began to say, what's wrong with me? Why can't I carry a child? So that deviated into a whole nother level of pain. And so I watched that and I was really inspired by her journey to combat just giving up, which a lot of her friends and family were saying, why don't you just call it quits? You got two beautiful, healthy child children, and we can see this is really hurting you. And she said, no, I feel God calling me to have a third. My, my. So 2009, we conceived again. And this time we found out uh, we had a baby girl and things were going pretty good. So we told our children, our two children that we had. Well, our daughter, Gracie, around five years old at that time, she really latched on to having a baby sister, man. Oh, she would touch the tummy, she mm. would the baby, Angela, and she's just like, oh, you know, and she named her baby Angela, you know, and we lost baby Angela. Oh, my, Terry. Turner syndrome. And my daughter, my little five-year-old Gracie, grieved, and she grieved. It hurt. It hurt her deeply. Laura almost didn't know what to think, but she was more prepared for that one than she was for losing baby Joey. So it resurrected more pain. And so I reached out to um, a pastor friend of mine here. He's with the Lord now, Steve Mays. He's the lead pastor at Calvary Chapel South Bay. And I was just sharing my heart. And one day he just sent an email, uh, you will have a child when the time is right. Oh, my. And I took that to heart. I shared that with Laura cautiously. And um, we did. We had baby uh, Jordan, uh, who is now 10 years old. <laughs> we had him in 2010. But here's the amazing thing, Kaz. Right before our interview today, my wife brought me a, uh, a post on one of our stations, KKLA, from ChristianHeadlines.com. And it is the story of Carrie Underwood and her husband, Mike, and they share on video what they went through. The miscarriages that they had, they had a baby before, and then they lost the the next child, and then they lost the next child, and they were devastated, and they went through the exact same thing. They felt impressed. In fact, her husband says, God spoke to him and said, you're going to have a baby boy. I want you to name him Jacob. Mm -hmm. So he went to Carrie, and he told her about this, and she was deeply moved. Well, they then had a third miscarriage. Oh, my. Oh, my. And they had to press on and get real in their faith. And finally, hmm. God honored after losing three, like us, yes. he gave them their child, their their boy. So I have sent the book, actually, uh, to Carrie oh uh, through one of our colleagues, uh, Big Wave Dave. And uh, he has got it into the hands of the manager for Carrie. But the amazing thing is, Kaz, is that as I was listening to you, I was really hearing the Spirit of God speak through you because you're inspiring people And I want this conversation to inspire people to take their pain and transfer that into God's reality. Yes. Because the story of Cynthia's dance came out of the pain of watching my wife, watching my daughter. And in 2009, I took the notes off the shelf of the story I started pinning 30 years before, or 25, whatever, 25 years before. And I looked at it and I said to my wife, I said, honey, what if this character, Cynthia, is a girl oh, who my. never had the chance to be born, but she gets a glimpse at life, <laughs> and in her journey, she brings healing to her broken Ooh, mother. 
And my wife teared up and she said, I love it, but I, I can't it. talk about it now. I'm in too much pain. Well, hold that thought, Terry, because we're coming up against a commercial break. But I wanted you to kind of see the uh, the interest in our listeners because this is this. T- Terry's giving you some sad portions of a story, but you got to know when God's in the thick, he turns that which is could be negative into a positive or positives. And so he's going to do that as uh, Terry uh, recounts the things that are happening with him and and the inspiration behind this book called Cynthia's Dance. And uh, get ready, because this is going to be not only an inspiration for you, but also perhaps a a vision for you to move forward in many different ways when Terry Harris and I come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. And welcome back. I always like that music because it makes me feel like I can sing along with it. <laughs> My co-host is a fellow author, and his name is Terry Harris. He's also uh, the director of long-form programming of this radio conglomerate called mm, something like uh, Salem Media Group uh, and Salem Media Group Los Angeles. Oh, that's the very conglomerate uh, under whose tutelage I broadcast, so (laughs) this is not unfamiliar turf. So, Terry... Uh, thank you for joining me for this entire hour. I think we've just spun our listeners up, and it's time to do a little payoff on what uh, what you're talking about here. I, I need to tell you, Terry, that uh, your story is very similar to my wife's and mine. We have several uh, babies in heaven, and uh, it is heartrending. But God knows how to not only turn the page, but He needs He needs you to know that He knows how to rewrite each one of those pages as well, because good things come to pass. Uh, as we entrust God in our lives and uh, in the lives of those who surround us who have shared our injury. So this yeah. is this is a wonderful book uh, that really deals with hope, and you're writing it from a, really a first-person perspective. So tell us a little bit about the overall plot. I mean, my listening friend, if you like plots that are enticing, uh, Terry immediately puts you into a theme park environment and uh, he he tweaks a few things here, which command attention from the very beginning. I hand the baton off to you, my friend Terry Harris. Well, thank you, my co-laborer and one who <laughs> understands our pain. As you know, Kaz, um, we have our plans, and uh, our plans are to, if we're going to be married and get pregnant, uh, have kids and have them healthy and and loss and miscarry and all that is not part of our plan. And what God does with these wonderful children, I could only imagine. And that's what I did. I take our readers from the after the first chapter into the second chapter uh, to learn about where a baby would go and how the baby is swept into the gates of heaven. Uh, and what happens with that child is they mature in the presence of the king. But I just want to go back and say, from the inspiration of watching my wife grieve and my daughter grieve, I made some mental notes. I felt God had just at that moment given me the true uh, nucleus of what the story was to be about. Um, And I put it on the shelf, and it wasn't until six years later that actually, December of 15, I started pinning it. So when God gives you an idea, be patient. Write it down. Stay faithful. 
do what he's calling you to do. And when the moment's right and he wants that written, he will bring it to surface and he'll say, now's the time. (laughs) I was planning on just writing a short story for my daughter primarily, maybe 100, 125 pages, and just get it done, kind of like a a Christmas carol. Kind of like something like that, a quick read with a really good feel. And it ended up taking me over two years to write, two years to edit, and a 325-page novel came my, out of my, it. My, my, And the, the writing process was a journey. As you know, uh, it's a journey. And you get into the, your characters, and sometimes you're really connected, and sometimes you're not. But here's the thing, Kaz. I did feel God's pleasure when I was writing the story. Multiple times I would come out of wherever I was, or go walk past my wife, and I'd smile, and she'd say, what? And I'd say, I just, I just feel God's pleasure in this. So I just uh, really I feel it. his pleasure. And so when I was done, uh, two years ago, February, I actually was going away for a week to, in, to Tennessee for the NRB, and I left the manuscript and my heart and soul in my wife's hands. And Kaz, you know, as a man, the true test for something like this <laughs> is going to be your wife's perspective and acceptance or rejection of it because if it doesn't fly past her the woman who went through the conception and the loss and the miscarry and even in laura's case two dncs um it wasn't going to fly at all it had to it had to pass her her uh bar of standard and so the week went by and she liked it I came back, and she said she wasn't quite done, but when she finished, she said, I really, really like it. You made me cry a couple times. Well, she breathed into the main character, Madeline, the mom. She helped me in the editing process. We hired some professional editors, and Kaz, we brought it to birth, and we just released it uh, April, about the second week of April now. Oh, remarkable, remarkable. So one of the things, when I've written uh, three books uh, and one of the things that happens is when you get the, the the big cardboard box coming to you and you're looking at that and you go, oh, this yeah. speaking of babies and delivery, I said, this is my yep. baby in here. And I'm yep. going to open the thing up and it does bring tears to your eyes when you realize that this is something that God inspired. Now, yeah. what's he going to do with it through you? What's he going to yeah. do with it? Yeah. So, Terry, do do me a favor here and uh, get ready to give me kind of a, a very brief overview about the story plot, and then we're going to ask you to pull more specifically into some of the chapter uh, themes and things like that. But before we do, may I make a comment here in my observation? Sure. This is for you, my listening friends. We've talked about uh, moms that have had miscarriages and things like that, but this story, I, I, I want to be delicate in how I communicate this, but a lot of women and guys have experienced the unspoken trauma of abortion. And uh, there, a lot of times it leaves you with questions about, what have I done? I want you to be able to consider the, between the lines here when Terry shares this with you, the truth of the matter is, if you keep, have a repentant heart, you need to know that that child is in good hands and uh, you, you make sure that you have a relationship with him and you will see that child again. And it can be one of the great inspirations in your own life. Uh, moms and dads as well, fathers and mothers. So, Terry, I'm going to hand it to you to give kind of a broad brushstroke of the storyline, and uh, then we'll have you dig more deeply. Terry well, that was, Harris. That was amazing what you just said, and let me just uh, exclamate it by saying um, whether the child was miscarried, whether the child was stillborn, whether the child was aborted, the child's 
great. Yes. The child now is perfect. <laughs> the child is happy. The question is, as the parent, are you? That's exactly right. Are you? This is a story about Madeline's journey. Although the story is about a girl who never had the chance to be born. And she gets a glimpse at life. And she gets to meet her parents and the man she would have married. It's truly about the healing that she brings from heaven's perspective onto this earth, into the lives of the people that she eventually finds out is her family and a man she would have married. And the thing is, Kaz, is that when we take our pain and we look at it from heaven's perspective, which this book allows you to do, I didn't want to write, after our pain, I didn't want to write a, non, a nonfiction I didn't want to write 12 things I learned after oh, yes. three miscarries. I wanted to just tell the story to shine the light on heaven's perspective on our pain. And, and the reviews I've got so far have been amazing. And, and some of them have been from people who never experienced this. Yes. But they have their own different pain. And they say, man, when you take me to heaven in chapter 2, I just feel so close to the king. I want to be closer to him. I want to know him more. And then Cynthia arrives on chapter 3, and now she gets to go on her own faith journey. Because although she's given permission to do something never done before, she's not told who her parents are. Wow. you got to remember, from heaven's perspective, a child in heaven will, if her parents are, you know, uh, saints of God, which eventually hers do yes. come, they, that child is going to see things and hear things from the eternal perspective, from the final, what the, what the, what the amazing things they did in the Lord. Yes. But when she arrives on earth, they're not in that state at all. Part of the journey, part of the king's uh, plan in giving permission to Cynthia to come to earth and to meet her parents and to have a dance with her father <laughs> is to bring the the couple back together who have been divorced because of the pain and bring healing into their lives and bring them into the kingdom to begin to do ministry beyond their wild imaginations. And so we bring in adoption, we bring in foster care, we bring in orphans, we bring in all kinds of things and healing opportunities for God to, and the whole goal on an overview was I wanted to inspire people throughout the story, as they read it beat by beat, to allow God to enter into that moment and bring healing and reconnection. Because until we reconnect with that which we have pushed aside or pushed down, He can't heal us. Again, the child is great. Yes, yes, yes. Terry, Terry Harris, uh, we're, we have to make room for a commercial break here. You know about those because that's, <laughs> mm-hmm. shall we say, that's your business. But I'm going to put you uh, to the test here. I know that you're up for this. Uh, we've got, let's say, a minute, a minute and a half until I take a commercial break. What I would like you to do, by the way, we're, my friends, we're talking with Terry Harris. He's with the Salem Media Group out of Los Angeles, but he's a wonderful author, and his book is entitled Cynthia's Dance, which deals with... Uh, uh, babies in heaven and what God's perspective is 
on that. Would you do me a favor right now in the minute or so that we have left in this segment? Would you say uh, bless the people that are listening because there are people with different heart tugs that are going on right now. Some of them have experienced this loss. Some of them are just uh, enthralled by the storyline. But they they would love to have you declare or pray over them briefly, and then we'll go into the next segment. Can we do that, Terry? I'd love to. Lay it on us. Thank you for the opportunity. And Lord, we know that the unborn child is a big part of your heart. You have a huge heart for the unborn child. But, Lord, what you've shown me in this story is you have a huge heart for the mother of the unborn child, for the father of the unborn child. And in this story, the two come together. And I believe, Lord, that you have something, healing, insight, perspective, a plan, a ministry to be birthed through simply the reading of this story that you breathed into my life some years ago, and now you're bringing it full fruition. Would you bless the listener? Would you bless them? Would you give them the courage to take the next step and reconnect with you and trust you to walk through the valley so that they can come out on the other side and see the glorious plan that you have for them, Lord. Yes. In your name we pray. Amen. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Terry. And I know you're going to stay with me for the rest of this hour. My listening friend, you may not have a baby in heaven, but there may be something that you see as being your baby. It may be a business. It may be a friendship. It could be in any one of a number of things. And it maybe it's an incubator form right now, but God wants you to be able to deliver that vision, whatever it is. We pray that this show is an, is an inspiration for you to do that. And further, we're going to have Terry Harris, uh, author of Cynthia's Dance, come back and tell us some little tidbits about the actual plot and uh, entice you to maybe uh, go on the internet and find it and order it. I think it's an inspiration, and I think God wants you to be an inspiration on whatever you do. So Terry Harris and I will be right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Hi, I'm Che An, President and Founder of Harvest International Ministry in Pasadena, and I want to make an apostolic declaration. God loves San Diego, and I declare revival and transformation of San Diego. I declare heaven on earth in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. Hello, my friends. And yes, we are back. We are back indeed. Wonderful and captivating topic today. Throughout the entire two hours, we're going to talk with authors and have them give you insights, not only of what God has stirred in them, but also to take their wooden spoon and stir you as well, because God's got stuff embedded within you that needs to be excavated and poured out. So, Terry, I'm so honored that you joined me. Terry Harris uh, is... uh, with the Salem Media Group out of Los Angeles, the director of long-form programming and author of a book entitled Cynthia's Dance. And uh, we've just kind of given you the broad brushstrokes now. I'm going to ask him to uh, dig more deeply into a theme. And actually, I was just going to let you go, but I I love the theme so much that I'm going to actually ask you to point this 
uh, segment in this particular direction. I use the word theme because this the, the one of the main characters, the man, is a theme park creator, basically, and he has a great idea, and his bride is uh, obligated to help him in any way that she can, and her any hopes that she had for bearing children were very secondary, and all of a sudden, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but uh, the whole idea about the theme uh, uh, park and things like that, uh, it, it is kind of a real-time threat in many people's lives, uh, so why don't you uh, take your more fine-tuned paintbrush and tell us a little bit more about the detail of the subject matter within the book entitled Cynthia's Dance. Terry? Yeah, um, I I wanted to write it as kind of a quasi-Christian Cinderella. Uh-huh. And so it's got some of those types of characters in it, the dreaded two sisters, the <laughs> instead the stepped, uh, wicked stepmother, it's got the uh, wicked stepfather, the father kind of character. And Danny... Um, Madeline's husband, the mother's husband, and Cynthia's dad uh, is a well-to-do business owner who uh, has established a theme park called Ziggy's Island. And Ziggy's Island is just one of my brainchilds. Is just if I could have a theme park, as it would be one where I could go back and revisit some of my favorite decades. And so early in the story, he's got a theme park that just basically is focused on the 50s. And on the 50s lot is every individual street is a year, 50, 51, 52. And on each street are minutia details highlighted from that particular year. And then when Madeline comes into his life, beautiful young girl, they get married, blah, blah, blah. She's got a brilliant mind. She brings on the idea, let's expand it to the 60s, the 70s, oh my. the 80s, you know, da, da, da. So what happens is, is she gets all excited, she gets him excited, and lo and behold, she did something that she promised she would not allow to happen. She gets pregnant. Uh-huh. The reason why Danny doesn't want her to get pregnant is because Danny had a really bad past, miserable childhood, and loved being a businessman, and did not want anything to do with being a dad. That's the last thing he wanted to do. So he made it clear prior to getting married, hey, just one thing I just want to let you know. Don't even bring up having kids. Ain't going to happen. And so Madeline at first is like, sure, no problem. And then lo and behold, yes. she gets pregnant about a year or so into their marriage. And now that's where the story picks up, where she doesn't know what to do. Exactly. And this, this is a dilemma that a lot of people are going through. It may not be exactly the same script that you wrote, but there's often dissonance between the male and the female about things. And uh, God wants us to work through that. But one of the things that is a big challenge, if you do not know the Lord, you're kind of stuck. You know, each one is doing their own thing and trying to uh, uh, come into tandem with somebody else who has a different mindset without the Lord in the center uh, is an impossible task. So before we go too much further... Would you be so kind as to give us a website? Because I might forget. I'm so enthralled about the story. I might not uh, let you give us a way that people can find out more about the book. Terry Harris, would you be so kind? Yeah. Well, you can find it on Amazon for sure. It's just do Cynthia's Dance, two words. It's right there. You can get ebook, you can hardback, paperback. In fact, they've just lowered the rate price, so it's a really good price. It's a 325-page novel. And, it, and so it's a beautiful blue cover of a... A father and a daughter dancing on the water. And that is a a kind of a 
prophecy of, of the moment that Cynthia had dreamed about in heaven. And then uh, our personal website is Cynthia's Dance, just all strung together, Cynthia'sDance.com. And there you'll see a short video on it and uh, get some back information on us. On Amazon, by the way, if you click on the figure on the left top left-hand side of the page, once you bring up Cynthia's Dance, you can peek inside and read like the first chapter and a half. So there's no charge for that, and and I've used that before and, and bought other books. So it's exciting that you can click on there. It says look inside or peek inside, and then you can click on that, and then you click once or twice, and there it is, and you can scroll down and start reading the story. And if you love it, go ahead and buy it because Amazon's really brought it down. We've got some great reviews, and I think they're picking up on that, and so they've lowered the price. Very good. Terry Harris and uh, the author of a book called Cynthia's Dance. Find out more about that with going to the website, CynthiasDance.com. Okay, we have about uh, a minute or two left in this segment. It goes fast, doesn't it, Terry? Mm, yeah, it does. Is there any way, being a long-form programmer, that you can figure out how to lengthen these shows for us? Because we just get going, and all of a sudden, nope, it's time to go. We've got one more segment left, but uh, we've got about a minute or so in this segment. I want you to put on your inspirational hat, and I want you to encourage people to discover what God's calling them to do. You know, they've had the COVID-19 uh, uh, quarantine time. They could have be thinking about and uh, engaging in some of these things in idea form. Now it's time to release them. Would you spend a moment or two being an inspiration to that end? Well, what I want them to do, Kaz, what you've done and what I uh, hope to do, I'm writing my second novel now, um, is just listen to God's voice, really. And you say, well, what's God's voice? What are you thinking about? What is it, and, and how do you visualize it? In what form do you see people hearing about it, seeing it? Is it a poem? Is it a blog? Is it a website? Is it a video? You can, anybody can make a video. Sure. Is it a devotional? Look at Sarah Young, what she's done with uh, you know, uh, Jesus Calling. I mean, she's got multiple different versions. I have so many of them, and I love them. And that woman's been bedridden for a lot of her life. Yes. And she's used her pain... That's the emphasis, to inspire others, because here's the thing. Psalm 23, 4 says it the best. You know, God wants to walk us through the valley, Mm. not have us stuck in the valley. And when he walks us through the valley, he keeps the danger away. He doesn't mean we're not going to feel the pressure, feel the pain. Because, as you know, any good oyster is produced out of pain. (laughs) Right? Yes, yes, yes. Well well any said, diamonds, Terry. Any good diamonds is, is produced and refined out of pain. So allow God to use your pain and use your voice. In today's world, there's no excuse for you not having an outlet. None. Am I. So uh, Sage Terry Harris has given you a thought here that you're going to meditate on during the commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to help you understand how to pay that off. Because, you know, my friend, God has been stirring stuff within you. And it may be about writing in a different one of the different uh, formats or media out there. There's a lot of them out there. And uh, God may just want you to, to uh, kind of be a... Uh, a visual of what's going on in the world and to translate that into things that people can be impacted by. So Terry Terry and I are going to speak about that in this last segment, and I want you to be prepared, and I want you to be prayed up because the big things are going to be happening in your life, and Terry and I are going to help you uncork the cork and let you go when Terry and I come right back. 
Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. And I'm back with Terry Harris, the author of a book called Cynthia's Dance, CynthiasDance.com, if you want to find out more about this. Terry, uh, I'm going to give you a different mantle, a different hat here. Okay. What I think we will do in this in this time is let's spend a little bit of time. You know, I, we talk about God's string people during this COVID thing to do things that he's called them to do because now's the time to be whom you've been called to be. I'm going to ask you, Terry, to put on a heart surgeon cap <laughs> with a mask. Yes, you can wear a mask. <laughs> and because he, he, what God wants to do, he wants to really do heart surgery to his kids, but he also wants to instruct them how they can uh, operate in heart surgery upon the lives and uh, psyche and the challenges and emotions of people with whom they come into contact. And uh, it, it may be a, a word fitly spoken. It may be a written word uh, or a little note. It could be, you know, writing a, a, a greetings card or something like that. So can we spend this time uh, tying your book theme in with the, even the bigger picture about how God may want to use our listening friends and inspire them? And uh, I'm, because you are a creative guy, you can always mix into this conversation the theme of Cynthia's dance as well. But I, I, my listening friend, I'm really compelled. We're in a, a very vital time in the body of Christ, but in this nation. And God wants to, you to be able to take your skill sets or new sets of skills and apply them for his glory. So, Terry, I'm going to hand it off to you, and then we'll have a chat about this as it relates to other people being authors as well. You know, the scripture, you know the scripture as well as I do in Hebrews. It says that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. So he wants to be the author and finisher of our individual faiths, faiths, and writing may play a role in that. Terry, what do you got to say? Yeah, I mean, God's vision for our lives comes from a different perspective than our vision. And our vision is very limited. And the story about Cynthia coming to Earth and just him granting her a wish to simply just meet her parents, yes, dance with her father, but one... God's vision, when you read this story, is so much bigger. It It is actually the uh, genesis of future generations that will serve him forever, reaching multiplied thousands and thousands. And that's what God does in our lives. One note about this is, you know, as an author, releasing a book in COVID-19, when all the research tells you, hey, most of you authors are going to make your 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 investment back, and you're really going to get your notoriety and your name out there <laughs> by having those you know speaking engagements and those face to face meetings. <laughs> well, Kaz, you said it well. We are all shut down, yes. and so launching a book in a COVID nineteen time after really a concept going back to nineteen eighty four tells me God has a great sense of humor too. God has a marvelous sense of humor because he has put this particular story in a situation to where only he can truly make it bloom the way he wants to make it bloom. And so every person can be inspired to know, you know what? I'm walking with the Savior. If I focus first and foremost on that vertical relationship and I'm intimate with him, as Sarah Young does so brilliantly in so many of her devotionals, just 
Jesus calling us, calling us one by one, name by name, to an intimate relationship with him, that is the, that's the conception. That's the point of conception where he can put the ideas in your head. That's the point. And, it's, and, and I tell you, Cass, as I've gone through a lot of my own stuff, God's most inspiring moments for this story came through those mo, uh, most difficult times. Honestly, when you're vertical with the Lord, he typically, and a lot of times, will not inspire you on a sunny day. It's in a dark <laughs> moment where you are open and you're just pleading, God, what are you doing? Show up. And then he gives you something. Oh. And you grab a hold of it and you go, that's for me. That's for me. Yes. And you sense that that is a unique calling destined just for you. And that's what this story is all about. It's the importance of the one individual life and then how God multiplies that, just like he did the fishes and loaves. He takes that broken life, that life that has no, apparently no meaning or anything of gusto to give God. He breaks it. And when he breaks it, he blesses it. Yes. And by the time he's done with it, it has fed thousands. <laughs> In fact, Scripture shows that it's 5,000 men. But historians say again and again, it's more like 20,000 people when you count the women and children. Oh, my, my, so my. man wants to limit the counting, but God even goes beyond our own counting ability. He'll reach far beyond what we can count, what we can imagine, what we can see. And when we get to glory... And when we stand before him, we will hear his thank you. Can you imagine being oh my. told thank you by the King of Kings? Thank you, thank by the way, uh, heart surgeon Terry Harris. I uh, see you've got a new mantle now. I, I appreciate that. And what Terry said, I want you to pay close attention to this. In, in fact, you know, the riotings that are going on in this nation and the COVID-19 thing and maybe some of the other issues that you have in your personal life as well, they're, they're going on. And what Terry said is very astute. If you read the scripture, you realize that God uses difficult times to launch uh, his will in this world. So if you take that in yeah. in light of what's going on in the world right now, you've got to know that God's going to be launching something big time. But not only is he going to be launching something big time, look in the mirror because you have a specific role to play in this. Terry, I'm so thrilled that you joined us and to share with us a little bit about uh, Cynthia's Dance. By the way, my listening friend, Cynthia's Dance, Cynthia's Dance.com. The author's name is Terry Harris. Terry Harris, the heart surgeon? No, well, you know what I mean. Anyway, my, my listening friend, I, I'm get, we've got a couple minutes left in this segment. I want to just unleash Terry one more time. I, you know, I've, I've let go of the reins a number of times, and it has really been profitable. So I'm going to let loose of the reins in this two minutes left and let Harry, Harry, <laughs> Terry Harris. That's when you put Terry and Harris together, you get Harry, I guess. <laughs> I've been called worse. <laughs> so, so bear your heart to our listeners, and then we have to go. But I want to thank you very much for joining us. Terry Harris, uh, Salem Media Group, Los Angeles Director of Long Form Programming, and a delightful author of a book entitled Cynthia's Dance, cynthiasdance.com. Lay it on us as we prepare to take a break. Terry Harris. 
Well, I think that the point is that God showed me he has, as we know, a huge heart for the unborn, but he has a huge heart for the the mother of the unborn and the father of the unborn. And his he has taken care of the children that have been lost. Mm-hmm. Please, please, please be comforted by that. Know that your child, regardless of how they pass from this world to the next, please know they are in perfect condition. They are maturing in the presence of King. They are doing exactly what he has destined for them to do, and they are in his presence and enjoying him and worshiping him in ways that you can never imagine. And in fact, they may be part of the clouds of witness <laughs> watching you and cheering you on. And perhaps it was my daughter, Angela, who, when she got to heaven, she knew that I loved dancing. Her mother and I met at a Christian dance. And maybe it was her that whispered to King Jesus, I'd love to dance with my father but once. Oh my. And maybe that's when the moment came. God said, I love that. I'm going to give him that idea, and I want him to write that story. I love it. Because it was right after 2009 that we lost her that I had the ideas. And that thought has come to me several times. So be inspired in your pain. Please don't stay there. Move through it and trust the Savior. My, my. Wise words from Terry Harris, author of Cynthia's Dance, Cynthia'sDance.com. Terry, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you sharing your thoughts with us and stirring our listeners here on Come Together San Diego. God bless you, sir. Thank you, Ken. It's been a pleasure. My listening, it's a pleasure, Terry. My listening friend, uh, the theme continues. We're theme, uh, our theme park today on Come Together San Diego is the theme of being an inspirational author. We have someone in our next segment, uh, the whole next hour, that has dealt with and is dealing with young people in elementary school environments and encourage them to uh, love literature and discover God's calling in their lives and uh, to embrace moral values as well. And uh, it was great having Terry with me this hour, second hour. We've got more inspirational stuff coming your way. But in order to listen to it, you have to stay where you are. And we will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. KPRZ, San Marcos, Poway, and K29CR, Encinitas, FM 106.1, North County, AM 1210, San Diego, K-Praise. I'll tell the world, world, world. Come together, San Diego, with Cash Taylor on FM 106.1 and AM 1210, K-Praise. I'll tell the world, world, world. Welcome back, my friends, and we have a theme bubble in here. It's called Being an Author. And uh, if you've ever thought about being an author, I wanted to bring a couple guests on the show in this two-hour span that uh, have garnered some experience about becoming authors, and they have great stories to tell. And uh, I want them to be an inspiration to you because God may just be calling you to be an author as well. It doesn't make any difference what medium it is. Uh, Authors will always have a job uh, or a, a need anyway to be to fulfill. And so in this particular hour, I want to introduce you to somebody who has been an inspiration to me as well. And uh, he's been an inspiration and continues to be an inspiration to preteens and early teen children and their parents. And in fact, to stir them to garner an interest in literature. I know that seems far-fetched, but it's possible. And I want to 
introduce you to Chad Stewart, the director and board chairman for the Britfield Institute, britfieldinstitute.org. Wait until you hear his vision, and uh, it'll probably inspire you to garner one of your own. Hey, Chad, how you doing? I'm doing well, Kaz. Thank you for having me back on. It's a pleasure. My listening friend, if you've been listening to the show for the number of years that we've been on, you may have heard Chad's name. I've been bringing him on periodically to give updates on what's going on because his vision is bigger than just writing one book for uh, young students, actually not even students, just uh, middle uh, school age kids to inspire them to uh, embrace literature. But it's more than just a book. It's an entire concept. So, Chad, why don't you give us a broad brushstroke, and then we'll dive into some of the things that God's been stirring to you and through you. Chad Stewart. Uh, that's great. So, um, so yeah, so Briffield and Lost Crown is the first in a seven-book series. We uh, launched it nationally last year in August and have been on a national school tour that ended in March. Uh, Briffield and Lost Crown, book one, takes place in England, present time. And it's part of a seven-book series. Book two will take place in France. Book three is in Italy. Book four will be in Russia. Book five will be in China. Book six will be in South America. And we'll come back with the entire series, book seven, in the United States. And all these books will be followed by major motion pictures. So we're really excited. In fact, if we have time, we can talk a little bit about it. But we're starting to gear up for our pre-production for the uh, major motion picture. Uh, Think of The Blind Side meets Narnia. And uh, we, we have a couple of a couple of updates that are kind of fun. A couple of things about the book real quick. Um, we've scored a 9.03 out of a scale, 1 to 10 across all our demographics. Our youngest reader has been 7. Our oldest reader to date is 93 years old, who read it in five hours and absolutely loved it. And uh, since we've last talked, uh, Kaz, we've won over 27 national and international book awards, including Mom's uh, Choice, first place gold medal and parents choice first place gold medal and literary classics first place gold medal and it is our prediction that Britfield Lost Crown will be one of the most awarded books in the history of children's fiction and we believe that the movie will be one of the most anticipated and successful films in uh, cinematic history so wow 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 that's remarkable and how far along are you in the motion picture i mean has it been sold to a, through a studio no uh, no it's where uh, are you on we'll, that? we'll we'll control a lot of the creative creative control through our own production mm-hmm. company but we could potentially collaborate with one or two of the major studios we are in talks uh, with a couple of them, um, and uh, we have someone up in Hollywood that's uh, that's already read the book, loves it, and uh, so we're kind of we're kind of moving down that direction. I'm thinking by July, August, we'll start on the sort of script writing, and really get down to, to the bare tactics. Um, you, you, you're looking at about a 120 million dollar film that will probably be done for about 35 or 40 million because we won't be going through Hollywood, if you will, and uh, we'll probably release it first um, internationally, and then uh, in the United States, we're looking probably at two. 2022 and we have some ideas of a a few of the casting characters but we might do kind of a national kind of like who's got talent type of thing yes for uh for the lead roles of tom and sarah who are 12 years old and the orphans at weatherly orphanage and some other things i think that would be a lot of fun you can almost see all the buzz you know everything from atlanta to boston to la and just uh, just hold up open auditions. So I love it, Chad. That's that's fantastic news. You know, I, I, let me let me frame this in this present situation that we in America, but also across the world, are facing the COVID 
virus thing is one of the things that has forced us to change the way we do business and conceive business, but also what's going on in the United States, the turmoil and things like that that's going on in the United States. It forces those of us who are are trying to be obedient believers to rethink our life and whatever ministry God has for us. And uh, you were right in the thick of doing book tours and doing other things like that, so you had to rethink that. But uh, that which the enemy means for our bad, God uses for good. Would you like to take that scripture and use that as a springboard to share what has been going on of late with you and uh, Britfield Institute? Absolutely. And I think this is an amazing transformation time. And, and again, you can look at it as a positive or a negative. I've always looked at this whole thing as a positive thing. And I, my heart is out to those that are suffering and, and to the businesses that are, that are suffering. But um, even eight weeks ago, I, I saw all the good that was going to come out of it. Real quick, we were on a national school tour, ended up driving 9,000 miles, 18 states, over 150 schools, and presented in front of 25,000 students. And I was in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, for week in March, planning to head up towards uh, to Ohio and Maine and down to Florida, when we uh, obviously had to sort of uh, curtail our tour and come back. But I, um, I see, I see a lot of incredible things. The first word that comes to my mouth, my mind, and it came to me about a month ago was the word grateful. And I just think, I think it's, it's made us really grateful for what we do have and for what we have had and what we will have again, such as the simple things. I mean, going down to the beach and taking a nice walk, going to the club and working out, meeting friends for coffee, having a nice dinner, um, spending time with family. And and so I think, I think grateful is an amazing thing that will come out of this. Um, I think, Another thing that's going to happen is it's bringing a lot of people uh, to God in a different way. And um, I think it's I think we're going to see a huge um, uh, boost in home fellowship, which is really God's will, you know, instead of the big mega churches and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it's going to bring a lot of people closer to God. I think it's bringing families closer together. I think it's making them take restock in, in what they value. And then uh, when we have time, we'll talk about really what what is now an education revolution and a homeschool revolution and to uh, i'm not sure how we are on time but we can end on this note that um some of the estimates are that that 40 percent of enrolled students won't be returning in fall and i think that is that is amazing now the homeschool movement is is uh has been growing exponentially over the the last five years it's out about 2.5 million but um, I believe it's going to uh, double, uh, if not triple, uh, by fall. And um, and I think I think that's an amazing thing. And it was something I predicted eight weeks ago. I, was, I remember talking to a couple of friends just as I was sort of uh, as my working hypothesis, you uh-huh. know, that uh, all the schools were closing and kids were coming home. And it was it was based on three areas. Number one, I thought parents. Uh, for the first time in many ways, because they're busy and they're working and, and God bless them, but the kids are coming home. And I think, number one, they'd be horrified at finding out what some of these children are exposed to, especially in the public schools. And that's the massive and frankly disgusting agenda that they keep pushing. So I think they'd be horrified. Number two, I think they'd be kind of stunned in many ways at how far behind um, their uh, their their uh, children were in certain mm-hmm. subjects, whether it be reading or mathematics or any of it. And number three, I think they'd be um, amazed that like within really three hours of a normal day, the child can do everything that they need to do and they don't really need eight hours at an institution. So I was kind of basing my theory on those three things. And then all of a sudden we started to get some of these, this research and some of these statistics in. They were supporting it. Twenty, yeah. So before we we we've got a break here, we have to go to Chad Stewart. (laughs) But I I think you set up 
a wonderful next segment and the segments beyond yeah. that as well. My listening friend, here's the deal. Sometimes when the enemy has a plan to take you out, God uses it to yeah. put you out into public places and do things. And, and it, and it may have been, be an opportunity for your youngster to uh, garner an appreciation for literature like never before. And one of the guys sure. who has been noodling this is Chad Stewart, the director of Britfield Institute Org. We're going to talk a little bit more, not only about the book and the book series, but how things like this God can use in your life as well to be an inspiration in young people's lives and in parents' lives as well. So, Chad, I know you're geared up to do this because I know you well enough to know that you're a man that is walking around sloshingly full. So, so get ready, Chad, because right after the commercial break, we will be— perfect. Right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show with Cass Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. And welcome back to Come Together San Diego. Topic of these two hours deals with writing. And God wants to stir you. If you've got it in you, he wants you to put it, on, put it to paper and get it out from you so other people can be inspired by what God has given you in the, in, in the closed c- closet that you have been journaling in. He wants to take it out. And the scripture talks about the bride groom is coming forth from his chamber and the Lord and the bride is coming forth from her closet. So I, I, you know, a lot of the stuff that I did when I was writing was inspired in a closed environment. And God said, now it's time to come forth out of that environment and share what I have given you. And so I I trust that uh, this uh, hour is going to be an inspiration for you. And I can't think of a better person to, to be inspirational to you than Chad Stewart. He's not only a director and uh, chairman of the board of uh, the Britfield Institute at BritfieldInstitute.org, but he's also the author of a book called Britfield uh, and the Lost Crown, but that's only one of seven. So, Chad, you know, do you remember uh, probably about a year or so ago, I sent you, a, I, I think I called you and I sent you a photograph. Do you remember anything like that? Oh, I do. No, no, it was classic. You said, "Gosh, you're everywhere." And it was a, it was a, it was a mom with her her child and, and the little child. It was the cutest <laughs> picture. She was reading Brickfield. <laughs> we were, my wife and I are at a restaurant. We had just interviewed Chad, and I'm going. This is a great idea. Uh, it's going to take a little while for this thing to probably get legs and actually do something. So she and I are ordering. I'm looking at my menu, you know, I peek out over the top of my menu, and uh, two tables away there is a family with a. I guess he was about a 14 year old young man, and he had he was his his mom was telling him, "Look at the menu," but he was too busy with his nose into a book. And I looked at the title of the book; it had a, a hot air balloon. And I go, I kind of recognize that. And I look closer, and it said, <laughs> "Britfield and the Lost Crown." I'm going hard to believe. Chad is everywhere. So this was a real inspiration to me. It, it, it told me that God has you stirred to uh, hear his voice and move forward. So uh, I, I, that is only a minuscule portion of the entire story because many things are going on in that light. So why don't you share with us, uh, you know, the enemy uses things for evil and God uses them for good. God's tur- t- turning this COVID thing and even the riots and things like that into springboards for kids' uh, 
learning things, and uh, your uh, Britfield Institute is right in the thick of that. Talk to us a little bit about that, if you would, Chad Stewart. Yeah, and it's definitely a time of um, a transformation. And, and uh, I mean, we were we had this national tour, and we were out there, you know, inspiring kids, and it's wonderful. I mean, I'm on a stage in front of anywhere from 200 to 400 uh, fourth through eighth graders, parents, and teachers. And suddenly now it's you know you're at home and at the yes. office. And so we'll talk a little bit about some of the things that we're doing. I just wanted to say though, it's exciting because I remember you'd mentioned that you know um, God might be calling you to write, and I think we all have a book inside us. And I just wanted to inspire all those that are listening to really sort of, um, you know, pray on it, but take that, that dive and, and start writing. It's, it's, it's hard work, but it's amazing. And, and before we uh, finish this, this interview, um, we're, we're actually kicking off our first writing workshop. Um, in fact, I've been working and putting it together. So we're really excited about that. But yeah, so what we started to do is just transform, um, you know, our, uh, our presentations to the, to the webinar. And then quite frankly, I mean, I've, I've done, you know, zoom and Skype calls. Um, I've, I've watched a lot of webinars, but we had never, believe it or not, had done a webinar. And so, um, so we started to put that together and, and really kind of into April and May, we did a, a five, a five week series and a webinar series. And it was fantastic because we had a lot of uh, teachers and schools and classrooms tune in. It was a, it was a nice one hour. And then we did Q and a at the end. And uh, so that was one transformation that we made um, kind of forced to do it, if you will, but, but in enjoying it. And uh, we actually started to do some visits at schools where we just did zoom calls. And so it was really kind of cool. We had a school in, um, um, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, that we were, you know, booked to go to, and uh, ended up doing a Zoom call, and it was great. And so I kind of uh, came into the classroom; they were all like in the library setting, and uh, kind of did a, a little bit of a presentation, and then just did Q and A, and it was a lot of fun. And we actually—it's amazing. It's like it was an hour, and it just zoomed by, and like teachers <laughs> like, okay, well, we're gonna have to cut the questions because I was just on a roll. The kids were great, and they had so many wonderful questions, just asking about, you know, Britfield Lost Crown, about writing, and. Um, I probably have answered, I don't know, thousands of questions <laughs> about the book. So, so that's been a transformation, which has been good for us. And then um, we started to put together these uh, workshops. And so our first one is um, uh, June 9th, and it's a, it's a three-week six-part uh, uh, writer's workshop. And so very, very exciting. Everything from story concept, you know, how do you come up with your story, to the framework, outlining it, the structure, to character development, to subplots. And so it'll be a really nice overview and thorough. But again, um, you know, I come from a teaching background also, you know, and more of a college level, executive level. So it's 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 a transformation for me. God's um, pushing me, if you will, stretching yes, me, you know. And, I think all of us, so, too. Um, Wouldn't you say, yeah, Chad, he's yeah, pushing but, all of us? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so I think, you know, we, we have to be smart. We have to be creative. We have to be adaptable. And uh, you can push against this or you can go with the flow of it. And um, I do believe a couple things. I think we will come out of this um, stronger than we've ever been as a nation. And I also think uh, from an uh, economic standpoint, this is my prediction, but I think um, I think the third quarter will be one of the strongest quarters that we've ever had in history. Well, so, the numbers um, came out we, for... Uh, yes. Uh, Recently, and they're far, far higher than the prognosticators thought. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of great infrastructure that's that's being put into place right now. We're bringing businesses back home where they should be, uh, manufacturing and, and all of it. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm excited. I really am. And, and again, my heart goes out to those that are suffering and hurting and that, that are unemployed and have lost their job. And I, I mean it. But I do think as a nation, we will be stronger than we've ever been. And um, I think we're getting our, our values and priorities oh, so in good. order. 
you know, you know, we've talked before, and you're you're a paragon of knowledge when it comes to uh, facts and truths about the educational system. And that's one of your heart cries was to actually go into a challenging educational system and uh, offer tools to parents and even school systems, school, uh, you know, districts that uh, had some solutions already pre-planned that could elevate a child's appreciation for things like literature. I mean, that's pretty amazing in and of itself. Now, in our last conversations, you had a lot of statistics about uh, how, you know, education has been uh, faltering, and a lot of it has to do with the ulterior motives of people that want to take down our educational system. Anything you want to say in that light, and then we'll dive into more uh, Britfield Institute stuff? Yeah, no, I love it. That's a, that's a great lead in. So, yeah, I mean, uh, we have Britfield Lost Crown in the seven book series on one side. We have the Britfield Institute on the other side, which is our non nonprofit. And it's really focused on bringing creativity back into the classroom, inspiring teachers. Um, we love teachers. We honor teachers. Uh, they have a hard job. Most of them aren't paid. I mean, in my opinion, the teaching profession should be one of the highest paid professions in any industry. And, Hang on, uh, all, all the teachers in San Diego County, I'm listening to it. <laughs> Amen. Amen, Chad. Yeah, yeah I believe no, it. No, I mean it. <laughs> we, 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 we honor teachers and we love teachers. And, and so the Institute really has created a lot of um, dynamic, um, you know, free resources and gifts, creative workshops. Um, creative resources, um, things that they can download and bring into their classroom. A lot of what the tour was all about was coming in as an award-winning author, but really talking about creativity and uh, and reading and literacy. And and really what, I mean, we've always said that Perfield is more than a book. It's a movement. And, and we have, we have, you know, big plans of what we want to do with the educational system. And we do believe that the Institute can uh, potentially transform our current educational system. Now that's going to take probably 10 or 20 years, but we're already making massive impact. And that was part of that driving tour. I mean, what author drives 9,000 miles? I mean, it's crazy, but it was incredible. And part of it was, 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 you know, grassroots kind of movement, but it was fun to come into all these different schools. Um, everything from, from, I did four title one schools back to back in Dallas, Texas. I was all the way down in, in um, New Orleans, uh, Louisiana, all the way up to, you know, um, Spokane, Washington. We've been to private, public, um, uh, charter, uh, even a homeschool group out in uh, Reno, Nevada. So I've seen it all, and and I've seen all the different environments, and um, the teachers have always been amazing. The kids are amazing. I haven't seen any difference. I think between that age to 10 10 to 12 years old, it doesn't matter what uh, background they come up in. They they still have that that, that creative spark, which is so exciting. And I think think that's where our focus is really on the middle school, um, to really inspire them. And I think Britfield and Lost Crown is doing that in an amazing way, yes. um, even for non-readers. And we've just been getting just hundreds, if not thousands of feedback about the book. And it's, you know, the first book is 384 pages. And we've had 12-year-olds that have read it in five hours. <laughs> and we really are inspiring kids to read and get excited about reading again. And we found a lot of non-readers, you know, parents that yes. say, nope, my daughter doesn't read, my son doesn't read, oh, yeah? are reading Britfield and diving that. into it. I love it. And, Chad, and a lot of that's by design and tailored. Yeah, absolutely. Chad Stewart, uh, uh, Britfield Institute, 
And one, the first book of seven, Britfield and the Lost Crown, we're going to talk more about that. But in the next segment, I'm going to ask you questions. You've had an opportunity to go across this nation and yep. garner some insights about teacher attitudes and parent attitudes as it relates to education. So we're going to tap into that and use that as a springboard to talk about some of the other Britfield Institute visions when Chad Stewart and I come right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. This is Frank Harper, pastor in North County. We need more of God this time than we've ever needed him before. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. And welcome back, my friends. It's time for us to dig more deeply into a vision that Chad Stewart has had. He has called it the Britfield Institute and BritfieldInstitute.org, but it has to do with uh, a number of books that he's writing, and he's written, actually he's published, and one is out already, it's called Britfield and the Lost Crown, a story that is enticing to middle-aged school kids, and it is invigorating to know that you've actually made the journey across the United States and done a lot of stops and had a chance to talk face-to-face with not only teachers but parents and their kids. What's your overall assessment of things uh, as it relates to education? And uh, what can other, let's say there are other authors around that have a heart cry to write stuff. And it doesn't necessarily have to be burgeoning with scripture, but moral uh, impact, you know, high virtue stuff. Um, there, there's a lot of need out there, isn't there? And what's your take from the, the past, from the teacher's and the uh, parents that you've ch- talked with on your journeys, Chad Stewart. Yeah, and a- absolutely, and it's and it's interesting too because there um, there is a huge uh, void out there, especially for uh, middle school fiction, and uh, we've received that feedback from from really hundreds of, of teachers. So it's quite interesting. And then obviously the young adult market is dominated by what well, really uh, saturated with you know witchcraft, demigods, yes. superheroes, um, you know. Uh, uh, vampires and etc which none of that's good they always like to say well there's good witches and bad witches no there are no good witches <laughs> you know, so there is no good magic put it that way um real quick back to the institute just um i just wanted to touch on it with you know our our push for creativity people might say yeah that sounds great and the arts are important well um based on our research and i've been i've been researching this for eight to ten years and and the institute has some great numbers but i just saw a wonderful article a couple of months ago that said um creativity is now the number one most important skill in the world. And then uh, an interesting stat from uh, LinkedIn last year, 2019, creativity was the most desired skill set. Creative applicants are preferred five to one. And the uh, uh, economic forum says that creativity is one of the top three skills by 2020. So right now, I'm just telling you that creativity is really the most important skill and skill set to have. And and unfortunately, as AI is being rolled out, AI is going to put out 90% of all accounting jobs within the next five to 10 years, 40 to 50% of all legal jobs, including lawyers, 
30 to 50 percent of all medical jobs and then you could just and banking and you could just go all the way down and all those are going to be replaced unfortunately by ai the one thing that ai cannot replace is creativity so it is going to be a a massively desired skill set but um yeah if if we have a couple minutes i'll talk about the tour but it's just it's been really wonderful um meeting all the different teachers uh you know normally i'm in i'm in an auditorium it's anywhere from you know 150 200 students we we were at oaks christian in january in front of 430 with a movie a movie sized screen behind us that was pretty cool um and i've had i've had a great time just to talk with librarians the librarians have been great the teachers the families and then also the kids and just hundreds and hundreds of questions and then doing the book signings and so it's been really um interesting i think they all have a heart and passion for creativity and reading and the things that we're talking about obviously we resonate quite well with the english teachers and especially when i i tell the students that um it's 10% writing and 90% rewriting. And they're like, yeah, you know, keep, <laughs> keep, keep saying that, you know, it's all about editing. So, um, but I think, I think part of it is just getting kids excited about reading again and engaged. I know Britfield has been doing that. Um, but if you have like any kind of specific questions, you know, that you might, might want to ask about the tour, it was half finished. We we're hoping to do 40 States. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to do that in the fall or not, but, um, and then we actually, actually have an Eastern European tour planned for next year, starting in, um, potentially the country of Georgia and then heading up all oh, the way my. to Poland. And, my, my, so I'm my. very excited so, about that. Yeah. All right. You're asking me to ask you questions. I can do this. Let me ask you, I, I don't like to ask the run of the mill questions. <clears throat> you sure. know, I like to twist it a little bit and give you. Oh, I hadn't thought of it that way. What was what was the uh, least expected uh, revelation that you got in in your journey? Um, you know, you, you you're a guy who premeditates things. You you things. You came up with this whole uh, ser- this Britfield series, so you've plotted things out. What were some of the things that were unscripted in your mind that you heard from parents, teachers, and young people that you go mm, hadn't thought of it that way before? Yeah, and it's interesting because, um, you know, like I said, you, at, at some point you've almost heard every question that could be asked because we always do a Q&A section uh, at the end. But I think some of the most amazing questions have come from literally like the nine and 10 year olds. And it's just wonderful. You know what I mean? And they're kind of they're kind of zingers that they have depth to them. And you're like, wow, I can't I'm unfortunately I can't recall any offhand. But um, I think I think I think what's blown me away was um the Q and a section at the end, because it's like, and number two, just the presentation. Now I'm, I'm coming in, in an auditorium and these are fourth and fifth graders and sixth graders for an hour sitting there. But again, it's, it's, you know, we, we created it and we, we refined it along the way and tailored it. And so we have like, we have videos and we have a great PowerPoint. I come off the stage. It's interactive throughout. And, but the fact is, is like 50 minutes into it as we're kind of wrapping it up, it's just quite, I mean, you could, you could hear a pin drop. All eyes are on me. There's no fidgeting. And so the fact that we have really embraced the children and the kids and, and, and get them excited, and I think the point is, is number one, they know that I care about what I'm talking about. I'm not there trying to sell something, you know, or flash over substance, but I really care. And I have a passion and a love for education, a love for reading, and a love for creativity. And I think that, that sincerity, it's something you can't fake, especially at that age. Yes. I think that comes through, and I think they embrace it. Um, I think just the fact that, like, well, do Q&A and there's always a bit of hesitation and that first hand goes up and then all of a sudden hands everywhere I'll do Q&A for for 20-30 minutes sometimes and finally the teachers just have to cut it off and said we're out of time and there's still 30 or 40 hands up with more questions so I think I think just seeing 10 and 11 year olds 
hungry for knowledge, being willing, being willing to risk answering a question because unfortunately so many of these schools and the, and the foundation of the educational system is kind of right and wrong and there's no, there's no gray area and that's really where they've killed creativity. Mm. Um, and to see that coming alive again and that spark coming alive, um, a lot of the students coming up afterwards, just like with the most sincere thing and just saying, hey, thanks so much, I really appreciated that. Um, I remember I was doing one book signing at a school in San Diego and the kid came up and I said, what do you think of the presentation? what do you like about the presentation? And he looked at me real seriously and he said, everything, oh <laughs> so, my. you know, it's just, it was just moving. And, and, and um, honestly, we just haven't had a lot of negative feedback or resistance. Um, of course you always have a, have a little here and there, but honestly, um, no matter where the school's been, I mean, the teachers have been great. Um, the principals and the deans, we've had so many that have gotten back to us and said, you know, please let us know when book two's out so we can bring you back, which is great. And, um, and that, and that ties into our larger picture because it's like, how do you, how do you really get into the schools and change it? And, and this is sort of, um, this is kind of a pilot program for a bigger thing that we want to roll out, you know, with all the different schools and eventually the, these pilot programs will become programs that we can, we can actually bring in to the schools. Could you imagine teaching an entire class or course on creativity? And uh, we actually were, were um, approached a couple of months ago by a university up in Ohio that had seen the Institute and they're actually for their MBA program are doing an entire class on creativity. Isn't that amazing? It's like, wow, how cool is that? Yes. And so, they were asking, you know, they were asking a lot of questions and I sent them a ton of information, but that'd be an entire semester. And that's the way it should be. All kids should be exposed to that different areas and different levels um, of creativity. And you bring just a little bit of creativity into a classroom. And, and this has always been my premise is like, you know, if a teacher just brings in one exercise, let's just say once every other week, or maybe just even once a month for an hour, maybe it's on Wednesdays, like put the pencils down. I'm not going to teach you. We're going to do a creativity exercise, get into groups of four or five. And this is what we're going to do. I tell you something that that, number one, it would impact the kids. Number two, they'd be fired on all four because they'd have creativity. They'd have collaboration, critical thinking and communication. And I, and, and it would make learning fun. And I guarantee you, they'll probably forget a lot of the stuff that was taught in that classroom. They won't forget the exercise or that experience. And they'll look forward to that every single you know, time they bring that in. Boy, that's really a key. A lot. Yeah, I think is. that's really it a is. key to uh, captivating young people. There, you have to, there has to be a hook that they can pay attention to, so that you know they may forget a thousand things, but that hook is embedded into their brain. They will not forget that. Uh, you know, we're out of time in this segment, but I'm going to set the stage sure. for the next segment. I want you to talk a little bit about the school systems and the curriculum mm-hmm. that may be embedded in some of these things, which really is kind of working against the Judeo-Christian values. But oh, there are teachers yeah. there, and there are some administrators there, and of course there are gobs of parents there that can impact this. And I want you to give your insights on uh, not only the ulterior motives of the curriculum, but also the people that are actually there that have the real heart for education that can turn this thing yeah. around. Because God's got a plan. And uh, I, I, a lot of people have uh, counted out the education system, but I don't think so. I want you to be a, no. a voice of insight for that in the next segment, sure. if you would. Would you be so kind to get that into your heart and brain during, during the commercial break? Absolutely. And I'm going to launch these questions. And you are going to be an inspiration to those who have kids in middle school and kids entering in middle, middle school because all hope is not lost because God is stirring his kids to intervene with different creative solutions. And Chad Stewart and I will be right back. 
More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. And I'm back with author and genius. Sorry about that, Chad. I'm just... Just teasing you a little bit. Chad, Chad Stewart, and he is kind of the director uh, with of Britfield <clears throat> Institute. He's a, an accomplished author. He's written the first book in the series called Britfield and the Lost Crown, and I think he's probably pretty far along in some of the others of the seven total. But uh, I, yeah. I kind of set up the stage uh, for you, Chad, in the, in the last segment. I, I want you to be a voice of hope. Uh, for parents and even teachers. You know, there's a lot of people that are in the school system one way or another. It could be homeschool system that really have a heart for the youngsters and who who are really interested in in, in plowing uh, high morality, Judeo-Christian values. And sometimes all they're looking for is somebody to come along beside them who has some answers to some of the challenges that they face. So would you spend a moment or two telling us why there is hope for the middle grade school-age kids and uh, what Britfield Institute and others can do about it. Chad Stewart? Yeah, and it's, 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 it's interesting to see what will happen over the summer and into fall. I mean, I couldn't believe those statistics and numbers. I mean, I was just talking with friends, like I said, like eight weeks ago, and I said, what if it's like 10%? You know, you got 100 students that have to go home because of this shutdown, and then what if it's just like 90 return to school in the fall, and then you start to see these numbers that are jumping around that are 40%, and, and that just blows my mind. Like, Do, I say, do you think this 20%. is boding well for homeschoolers? Is that a possibility? Oh, my gosh, yeah. So anyone that has a homeschool platform, Form. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, we're, and, and they're already saying we work. We, we partnered with um, a couple uh, like Old Schoolhouse. They're a great homeschool network, um, great platform. In fact, we have a article on creativity that just came out in their uh, magazine, and so they're a national homeschool group. They've got great resources. We partnered with um, uh, Homeschool.com. They're one of the largest platforms out there. They said that their traffic has doubled in the last two or three months uh, to like two hundred thousand, you know, per month and stuff. So, so they're seeing a huge surge as I as I had sort of if you will predicted um, and I have always had a heart for the homeschoolers I love homeschoolers and it's interesting because I think I think for a while they had sort of a, um, a negative um, uh, connotation if you will you know it's like oh they were homeschooled you know and I remember that because I was teaching um, a, a communications class at Point Loma Nazarene University where I'm an adjunct professor and there was a homeschool girl that was giving up her presentation on being being homeschooled and uh, she said that you know it was tough because she really um, had to fight that sort of um, outsider influence that she didn't come from private or public and 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 yet she's like ranked number three in the nation is for a surfer she has an amazing education and I have always found that homeschooling kids are awesome I mean they I don't care if they're 10 or or, or 18 or 20 uh, as they're into college um, they ask questions. They seem to be very well balanced. And I'll never forget, I was in Reno, uh, Nevada. Cutest thing. I was going to this homeschool group that was out on this really beautiful farm. And we parked the car, and a little 10 year old came out to me, all proper, stuck out her hand, and introduced herself. <laughs> and, you know, hi, I'm, I'm Missy Smith. Nice to meet you, Mr. Stewart. And I thought to myself, that's a future congresswoman. You know, I mean, it's just. 
it just, just, I love it. The tenacity, the, the eagerness. And, and the so confidence, really but the confidence is, too. Yeah, it is the confidence. And it's just, it's without the interference, without so many of the negative things that are out there, mostly in the public and, and also in the private. And, 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 and so I think it is going to grow and increase. I think a lot of parents, um, you know, I think, I think a lot of things have happened, too. I think a lot of teachers have gotten used to being on the computer and doing Skype and Zoom calls. I think a lot of people that used to work at the office are obviously having to do it at home now. But how great is that? I've always loved it myself. I mean, I've worked in corporate America. I was at Bank of America, Morgan Stanley, Merrill Lynch, and I couldn't stand, you know, ha- every morning, the shaving, the suit, getting in the car, the traffic, <laughs> you know, two, two hours to get to the job and then two hours back home type of thing and versus just rolling out in the morning and, and starting your business. Business. And it's just it's a nice balance. And so I think a lot of a lot of people might be able to still work at home now, uh, even as corporations and companies open up. Um, and I also think because like, so how do you homeschool? Because it's like we've got to go back to work. And I think I think a lot of them will find that they'll find other other parents or friends that also want to do it. And there's there's certain ways where, you know, you can share the responsibilities or there is a mom that will, just, you know, that will kind of sit there and say, you know what, I'll go ahead and, and run the group. And um, so I think I think there's a lot of alternatives alternatives to it. I, I'm not a homeschool expert by any means, but, um, but I've had a lot of conversations with homeschoolers, especially in the last six weeks, even this week, uh, with a couple, you know, uh, top platforms, because we're looking to partner with those. And um, also teachers, I had a wonderful talk uh, with a with a wonderful woman, uh, Charlene, and this goes out, please pray for her. Please pray for Charlene. <clears throat> and she's, um, she's out in Memphis, Tennessee. And it's kind of interesting what's happening out there. Uh, and in Denver and and um, in Colorado and across these schools as they're they're overemphasizing this quote unquote COVID nineteen, and um, she's saying like like I'm just giving you an example, but in the fall they're saying that the classes will will only be Monday, Wednesday, and and Friday. Oh there will be no more sports. Um, the cafeterias will be locked down, so kids will have to bring their food. So that means kids in Tennessee, at least on the public side, and it's not official yet, will be home Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know what I mean? And, and everything is so up in the air and they're over, they're, they're obviously way over overwhelmed and, and over judging this thing. But I think, I think they're, they're, they're just further nailing the coffin on the platform. And I think, I think a lot of parents are going to say, forget it. You know what I mean? It's ridiculous. And well, then, and yeah, then as in a way, when you yeah. say that really, Chad, that this really is a, uh, a, a benefit it disguised as a a traumatic experience. I mean, this may be an opportunity for God to get education back uh, into Judeo-Christian values. It may be an opportunity for businessmen and women to embrace that as well. You know, I, I, I you know, I've, I've observed this, and I really am convinced that God has planted little key individuals in, in, in pivotal places that may not be the person that sits sitting in the on in the. Uh, principal's chair or a vice principal or an administrator's chair but these are the people you know uh like uh the the enemy uses the deep state god's got his spiritual yes. state people in, in there and when the time arises they will not only voice opinions but they will impact uh administrations and and uh approaches as well we've got about two or three minutes here i, I don't want to take yeah. away the time that you want to spend in, in you know in talking about the britfield institute.org but uh, all this is blending together because this is your heart cry is to improve the caliber of education and include high quality morals and judeo-christian values so i'm handing it to you and we've got a couple minutes 
There's a huge awakening that is happening right now that has never been before. People are starting to see the truth uh, in, in, in thousands, if not millions. There's a reckoning coming, uh, a major reckoning for those that have been at work destroying our country, destroying our families, and they're going to pay a deep price. I will tell you that much. I tell you also that there's amazing, amazing things that are happening behind the scenes for America, through the church. God's power, God's, God's might, amazing, amazing things are happening to this nation. And, and so for some short-term pain, we're going to have some long-term gain, and, and amazing things will come out of this. I say that to encourage all of your listeners and, and look towards the hope and, and be encouraged. Um, I'll also say just in closing, um, it's kind of fun. We actually finished uh, book two already. That's Britt Field and the Rise of the Lion. That'll come out next year. It's 540 pages. But I've already started writing or out lining book three. I started that about six weeks ago. It's Britfield and the Return of the Prince takes place in Italy. And I'm about halfway done outlining it. And so it's, it's really, it's been a lot of fun, but it's a lot of work. Um, And I, and I say that out there because it's like, you know, it's one thing to write a book and then tell other people like, yeah, you know, just, just, just write your story and go for it and stuff. And it is, it's hard work, but it's, it is so rewarding and nothing feels better when you, when you work for an hour or three hours and you, and you write a scene or you finish a scene or you get a great idea for your story. And so um, it's really exciting. If anyone, just real quick, if you you don't mind, uh, we we do have a writing workshop that we're kicking off on June 9th. If you are interested, the information is on our Britfield Facebook site, or you could go to Britfield.com, B-R-I-T-F-I-E-L-D.com, and just email us and we'll get you the information. It's going to be a very, very fun, dynamic uh, writing course. It's uh, over over, uh, three weeks. It's just uh, two hours. It's Tuesdays and Thursdays for an hour. uh, Very good. Pacific time. So, well, I'll tell you what, God wants his church back. God wants this nation back. God wants the Judeo Christian values and the Constitution of the United States of America back. And, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's more than just praying for this. God says, What do you mean, only pray for it? I put you in a position to not only pray, but impact these things. So, it's time for us to rethink uh, our calling is not just be an armchair quarterback. It's our, yeah. our job is to actually get into the thick of things and affect things, you know. Uh, Absolutely. So, we, you know, the Tea Party happened a, a few years ago, and all of a sudden people realized that they could have a say. Today, my friends, yeah. you can have a say. So I want to thank you personally right now, Chad Stewart of uh, Britfield Institute and the whole Britfield uh, and the Lost Crown and the whole series. Thank you for going into the fray and impacting people with a, sure. a godly perspective. I appreciate that. Well, we're out of time, my friends. I have to say so long, and, and I, I want to thank you, Chad, for joining us. More next thank week you. when we talk about God intervening in your life and through your life on Come Together San Diego. God bless. Thanks for joining Chaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise.